If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Oh, this might be the best I'm right ever. First, because I was right about something, and I'm going to show you that. We got Charles Love. We have a wonderful light in the mood. All that's coming up next. Before we get to me being right about something, which you know is my favorite thing in the world, let's have a harder conversation, shall we? A very frank conversation. I can be too harsh. I know you know this. I am a very direct person. I'm certainly not a feelings person. I'm very direct. Probably why you enjoy the show. I don't apologize for this, but I also understand that can that can take me the wrong direction or take me one direction too far sometimes. And this is what I'm talking about. Here's what I mean. I should probably be a little easier than I am on the right for how they oppose communists. It's not that I it's not that I think the right has been great at opposing communists. We've just been dreadful, weak and stupid. But when I criticize the right for having lost every single significant part of this culture consistently over the last 100 years, I should keep in mind what we're facing. And this is what we're facing. And this is not meant to dishearten you. This is meant to wake you up if you need woken up. It's meant to keep me awake. It's meant, we, need to, we need to be reminded now and then about what we're facing and the stakes of the game. These people, they're not doing politics. You do politics. I do politics. 
When I'm done with this show, I remember one day, my great producer, Matt is his name, he asked me one day in my ear, I got an earpiece in my ear, you can probably see it. He asked me one day in between guests from doing the show, and he asked me, he said, hey man, uh, did you see Joe Biden had done something? And he said to me, Jesse, do you ever turn it off? And I, you know what I told him? I said, Matt, I turn it off the second this earpiece comes out and the show's over. I go home. I hang out with my kids. I read books. I watch old man documentaries. I have a glass of bourbon, talk to the wife, eat cheeseburgers. I turn it off immediately. That's good. It means I, it means I have a more content, happier life. But it's also bad because the communist never turns it off. Not when his earpiece comes out, not when he's eating, not when he's with his kids. He never turns it off. Now, it makes him a monster. It makes him a miserable monster. Remember, the communist is not capable of a genuine smile of contentment at all times, but it does make him a formidable foe. The communist doesn't look at anything and says to himself, let's leave that alone. Let's not go there. It would never even occur to him. He doesn't even look at any scenario and say, ah, you know, that wouldn't be appropriate to bring it up now, right? He can't make himself do it. We have not many, but a couple Democrats who live in my area. Nobody wants to invite them to neighborhood parties anymore. Why? Well, we don't have political parties. It's just like the same parties you have. Halloween party, everyone come over, let's throw some horseshoes, fry some crawfish, something. And the second they show up, but did you hear what Joe Biden said? I hate Donald Trump. It's just immediately everyone's, they, they can't stop. They can't help themselves. It's their religion. They have a religion. You have a political ideology. I have a political ideology. They have a religion. We are going up against a foe who never turns it off. And it manifests itself in some of the most despicable, disgusting ways you can possibly imagine. We had tornadoes tear through Kentucky, Arkansas, Illinois, Missouri, Tennessee. 100 people dead. And keep, keep in mind, before we go to Joe Biden here, keep in mind, as you, as you look at that devastation, 100 people dead. And most of those people were at work. They were at work, and then a tornado ripped through and killed them. Now, let's again make sure we all understand what that means. Dad, mom, whatever the case may be, kissed the kids goodbye, gave the spouse a hug, see you later, what's spaghetti for dinner? and went off to work that day and never came home again. And families, 100 of them, families, around 100 of them, were getting phone calls, the one everyone dreads, right? Nobody wants that phone to ring ever in here. Mom's never coming home again. Dad's gone. Just imagine the devastation of that exact moment. And while 100 families we're getting that phone call. The president of the United States of America got up behind a microphone and said this. The intensity of the weather across the board has some impact as a consequence of the warming of the planet and the climate change. The specific impact on these specific storms, I can't say at this point. I'm going to be asking the EPA and others to take a look at that. But the fact is that... Uh, we all know everything is more intense when the climate is warming. Everything. While someone was getting a phone call that their wife was never coming home again, the President of the United States of America, he didn't, 
he didn't do what you're probably doing right now or did or what I'm doing and think about that person getting the phone call and the kids and the husbands and the wives and the families and the devastation and life has changed and he didn't even have a moment where he thought like that. No one on his staff did either. Nobody. Nobody had an empathetic moment for the hundred families. Not even a moment because the communist doesn't think that way. He's not a human being anymore. You think that way. I think that way. He sat down and thought, how can we use this? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100 families dead. Okay, how can we use this? That's how the communist thinks. The FEMA administrator ran to the news and, of course, had this to say. This is going to be our new normal, and uh, the, the effects that we're seeing from climate change are the crisis of our generation. Uh, we're taking a lot of efforts at FEMA to work with communities to help reduce the impacts um, that we're seeing from these severe weather events and help to develop system-wide projects um, that can help protect communities. Not a moment. And what's wild, this is what's so wild to me, you look at that person, you look at Biden making that statement, and you say to yourself, that person's a monster. Just there's no human feelings left. There's no nothing. The person is a monster. That person thinks he's the good guy. That's what's been so wild about communists throughout history. All the death and misery and destruction always on, always terror, always misery, always tormenting people, and always 100% convinced he's right and you're evil. That's what we're up against. And this is what they've done. This is why, look, it's a big reason why I hate Barack Obama as much or probably more than I've ever hated a politician. He's the one who truly mainstreamed this way of, ugh. Every time there was a mass shooting under Barack Obama, while the bodies were still warm, he would run to the microphone and talk about guns. We got to get guns. It's guns off the street. Remember, some of those mass shootings would be kids. Parents sending their kids off to kindergarten sending your kid off to kindergarten five six years old and you get a phone call from hell you can't, you, you can't even imagine what that would be like i can't even imagine what that would be like and the president runs to the microphone Ooh, this will be good we'll get guns out of this that person's a monster and that's what they do democrats they thrive on misery and death joe biden he campaigned on it what I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus, not the economy. Well, I'm going to shut down the virus. Once we shut down the virus, I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. That's funny. More people have died this year under Joe Biden from coronavirus than died the previous year under Donald Trump. But, you know, it wouldn't be right to just blame Joe Biden for that, right? We do have public health and disease expert Dr. Fauci out there. I mean, he's been leading the charge from the very beginning, first under Donald Trump, sadly, then under Joe Biden. And what's what's Dr. Fauci saying? Now, I want you, I want you to watch this, and I want you to... I want you, while you watch this, to think to yourself, hmm, who else predicted this was coming? If it becomes necessary to get yet another boost, then we'll just have to deal with it when that occurs. But I'm hoping, from an immunological standpoint, that that third shot of an mRNA and the second shot of a J&J &J 
will give a much greater durability of protection than just the six months or so that we're seeing right now. Do you hear what he said? Do you hear what's coming? Do you remember when the smartest guy on television got on television and said this? The end goal of this is obvious. It's obvious to anyone paying attention. The end goal of this, the pharmaceutical companies are lobbying the government for a reason so hard. The end goal is annual vaccines every single year. It's a subscription model. It's an automatic cash payment to the pharmaceutical companies every single year. That is their end goal. The pharmaceutical companies have no desire to end COVID-19. The pharmaceutical companies want to end COVID-19 the same way the Democratic Party wants to end racism in America. Remember that. Omicron. Annual boosters. Annual boosters. Remember, that is the goal. The goal of the Democratic Party half the Republican Party, and definitely the pharmaceutical companies, is not now, nor has it ever been, to beat the virus, shut down the virus, defeat coronavirus. That is not the goal. The goal has always been more money and power. And that has switched to a much more specific goal now. The goal is to get you in line, paying for an annual coronavirus shot which will line the pockets of these CEOs forever. I mean, they came out right away. Isn't it amazing? They came out right away and recommended boosters in the face of the Omicron. Oh, my God. Remember, it was in the official CDC announcement. Hey, look, I, I know you're fully vaccinated, or you thought you were. Whew. Time for you to get a booster. That's funny because we have 43 cases of Omicron in the United States of America. Four, 34 of them are fully vaccinated. 14 had the booster. Good grief. This thing leaks like the Titanic. Hey, who am I to judge? But look, stop getting frustrated about the goalposts shifting. It's time to just wake up and fast forward to the end. It's time to get ahead of them and realize what you're facing, what they want. I haven't been shocked by anything. I told you pretty much from day one where this was going, that this was all about money and power, crushing your liberty, making rich people richer, crushing the middle class and the poor people, making people more dependent on the government. I told you all this from the very beginning, and I've told you very recently, as you just saw, the goal is annual booster shots. Why do you think the pharmaceutical companies have massively ramped up their government lobbying efforts? Why do you think they now sponsor half the news programs in the United States of America? You think they do that just out of the goodness of their hearts? Look, look, I, I thought this lady called conservative mama. I thought this creepy little video she put out, I thought she did pretty well with it. We need you to stay in your home for a couple weeks. It's for the greater good. We need you to close your business just for a short time. It's for the greater good. We need you to stay home just a little bit longer than two weeks. It's, it's for the greater good. We need you to wear this on your face. It's, it's for the greater good. We need you to wear two of these on your face. It's for the greater good. We need you to inject this into your body. It's for the greater good. We need you to spend the holidays alone. It's for the greater good. You must inject this into your body if you want to feed your family. It's for the greater good.
We need to separate you from your children because you're not complying. This is for the greater good. We need to hold you in a facility for a little while for not cooperating. This is for the greater good. Brought it home, didn't it? It's time to fast forward and realize what we're facing, what they want, where we're headed. It's time for us to stop being shocked at every new thing that comes around the corner and simply accept you are dealing with monsters. Monsters who never turn it off when the earpiece comes out. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have a great show for you tonight. Did you know you shouldn't be allowed to criticize Joe Biden? We'll talk about that next, but first, let me talk to the homeowners for just a moment. And actually, let me talk to anybody who has parents who are homeowners who may not be watching. I, I realize I'm only 40. Technology passed me by. And to be totally honest with you, I had no idea that the fact I own a home meant my home title was online. I had no, I had no clue about that. Your parents probably don't either. Maybe you don't. It's online. It's not a piece of paper. It's in the cloud. Cyber thieves are trying to hack them all the time now. It's become the huge online moneymaker. Once they hack in, they forge your signature on your title, go take a loan or several out against it, and they take off with the cash, and you have to pay that loan back or spend tens of thousands of dollars on a lawyer trying to unwind the whole thing so you don't. Or get evicted. That sounds like fun. Or you can just go to HomeTitleLock.com right now, use the promo code RADIO and sign up so they can protect you from that. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. We'll be back. I did Bob Dole's eulogy today. He asked me in his deathbed whether I would do his eulogy. We're friends. We disagreed, but we're friends. We used to have an awful lot of that relationship, and there still exists, except that the QAnon and the extreme elements of the Republican Party and what what, what Donald Trump keeps sort of seems to me feeding the uh, uh, you know with the big lie, uh, it makes it awful hard. There's a, and I think most Republicans, uh, and, and there's an awful lot of Republicans in Congress. I think would agree. Oh, that makes me feel better. Look, there's a lot of Republicans in Congress who like Joe Biden. Those of us, though, who don't like Joe Biden and think he's done nothing but wreck this country. We're QAnon. We're extremists. Haven't you heard? Let me tell you something right now. It's important to test yourself now and then, right? See what you're made of in various things. If you're not being called an extremist, a Nazi, a white supremacist, a nationalist, a QAnon, if you're not being called any of these things by the left, you're useless. They better be calling you these things. And look, you can tell how scared they are now. And remember, American communists are no different than communists have always been. They're very scared. His approval numbers are in the toilet. They're looking at a total loss of power, at least congressionally in the midterms. And now you have outlets like the New Republic flat out putting out articles saying it is a danger to democracy to criticize Joe Biden. A danger to democracy. This is how communists work. Remember, remember, this is not abnormal at all. Communism is evil, but on top of all the other things we talk about all the time, it simply doesn't work. It has never worked. 
It just creates more poverty and misery and death. That's how it's always worked. But it follows a consistent pattern. Communists take power, put in communist policies. They don't work. And the communist doesn't ever sit back at that moment and say, ah, you know, screw this one up. I, we, let's go a different direction. It's not working. He doesn't do that. The communist sits back and says, let's just make sure nobody can say it doesn't work. That's how they work at all times. Believe me, you would be very, very uncomfortable and maybe even horrified if you knew the true percentage of Americans who would happily lock you up in a prison or worse for criticizing these policies. It's, it's high. Now, let's hit one more item here. Let's talk about Jill Biden. I've brought this up before, and I know Jill Biden personally hates me for it, and I love that. But I'm going to bring it up again and again and again. Set all politics aside, communism, left, right, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. Let's talk about your spouse, if you have one, or your father, or your mother, your grandma, your grandpa. What would you do if that person was fading away? You know, we get old and the body doesn't last forever, neither does the mind. And that person was fading away. And let's say they were speaking in front of a group of five people. And they were just embarrassing themselves. Can't speak anymore. Can't form a thought. So old and tired. What would you do? You know what you would do. You would step in right away. Say, that's all. Then you would go get that person some rest and care. And you would ensure that person never has an opportunity to be embarrassed again in the later years of their life. You just would make sure of that because you're a decent person. I would make sure of that. I'm not a decent person, but even I would make sure of that. Jill Biden has left her husband out there to be humiliated, not in front of five people, in front of the entire planet. Remember, the President of the United States, everyone watches when he speaks. And she was asked once again about it, about his mental fitness, which everyone can see. And she just blows it off like a monster. You've seen the president's poll numbers drop. Does that bother you? You know, I look at it a little differently, Rita. During the campaign, Joe made certain promises, things that he would do. And we were going through a pandemic, which no one could have anticipated. So he did come in and rescue America with the American Rescue Plan. So do you figure once the public kind of comprehends this, things will turn around? I do, I do. And one more question on, on that on the polls, because there have been some recent polls that show that quite a few Americans have some questions about the president's current mental fitness. As somebody who spends I can see you shaking your head. <laughs> yes. So what's your response to that? I think that's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that a wife would allow her husband to embarrass himself in front of the world just because she likes fancy plane trips as being first lady of the United States of America. In fact, I think Jill, Jill Biden is one of the most selfish, abhorrent elder abusers in this country at this time, and she should be widely ridiculed. That's what I think. All right, we got a lot more show for you. We got J.D. Vance coming up next. But how's your debt situation? Did you get yourself buried in debt? It's all right. I've been there. 
Are you $10,000 or more in debt, credit card debt, internet loans, all that stuff? You know you don't just have to accept it. You don't have to shrug your shoulders, say, nothing I can do about it. You don't have to throw your hands up and say, it's hopeless. I'll make the interest payments, maybe. Make one phone call for me. Total Financial Freedom has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for a reason. This is a company that's been doing it for 15 years. You're not going to tell them anything they haven't heard before. You're not going to shock them. Make one phone call, 877-332-8291. Make sure you mention Jesse Kelly, 877-332-8291. We'll be back. We gave you a standing ovation because I go, here he is, he's bringing class back. He's a classy guy, and you're bringing class back to the office, and I thought it was amazing that that you did that. Man, that is, that is some hilarious late-night comedy. I am so glad these people were in charge of us. Joining me now is J.D. Vance. He's a candidate for the United States Senate in the critical state of Ohio, where yours truly was born. J.D., I'm mad about them destroying comedy. But beyond media and everything else, there's nothing these people can't wreck, man. They just wreck everything. It sucks. Yeah, you know, if there's anything late night comic shows uh, really cared about, it was class, right? I mean, my God, like the idea yes. that Jimmy Fallon is is basically whining to the president of the United States about bringing class back. Like these people, like you said, they used to be funny. And I mean, this is one of the, the the biggest things about political correctness. I mean, obviously, I worry most about people getting fired because they have the wrong views. But like, we used to live in a funny country. We used to live in a pretty country. Now it's ugly. We used to live in a country where things actually functioned on time, where uh, you know people treated one another with respect. And it's just all gone to hell. It feels like the last five, uh, 10, 15 years. J.D., I'm, I'm glad you said last 5, 10, 15 years because one of the things I have trouble wrapping my mind around is I feel like this just started yesterday. I, I mean, I was born in, the, in 1981. I feel like life was just like you described. It was good and fun and it was vibrant and then just boom, now all of a sudden men can become women and, and up is down. And How did it happen so fast? Why did it happen so fast? Man, this is a a philosophical conversation I have uh, with myself and with others all the time. I mean, look, something about the, you know, about President Trump either revealed these people, they were always crazy, and he just revealed it, or maybe he broke their brains. I actually tend to think that they were always just this insane, but we didn't quite realize it. But now that the cat is out of the bag, uh, it's just like they, they won't let you think anything normal without making a huge deal out of it. Uh, and this is, I mean, this is really what to me the left is about. Like, it's not about, you know, like all these political debates we had 15 or 20 years ago, you know, high taxes, low taxes, more regulation, less regulation. It's like, are you allowed to think what a normal person thought five years ago in this country? If you are, you're basically on the right. And if, if, if you think that you should be punished or kicked out of polite society for just having a normal opinion, then you're now on the left. It, just, it is crazy how fast it happened. All right, now let's talk about working class people, which I know you're familiar with being from Ohio. Uh, inflation at 6.8%. I know that doesn't affect Joe Biden. I know it doesn't affect any news anchors at CNN. But the average person who works paycheck to paycheck, as I have most of my life, cannot afford a 6.8% reduction in pay, which is essentially what this is. And there's no sign it's getting any better, brother. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, you you're one of the people who originally pointed out, you know, it's hard to stop the economy. You can't just restart it. Um, but one of the things that it's, it just really worries me about this in the state of Ohio is you've got a ton of grandparents taking care of grandkids. And you know, I was raised by my grandparents uh, because the opioid problem has orphaned hundreds of thousands of children all across our country. And, you know, you talk about inflation for, for you and me. Uh, then talk about inflation for a senior living on a fixed income, raising a grandbaby they didn't expect to raise. And this is hitting the best people in our society in the absolute worst way. You know, you hear this all the time. Inflation is a tax on the middle class. It's a tax on savers. It's a tax on people who have made the right decisions. And I got I got to be honest with you. I think that Biden knows that these people are being penalized, or at least, you know, Kamala Harris, whoever's you know, pulling the strings behind Biden. And I think they like it. I think that they feel a certain sense of superiority and maybe even a little bit of revenge towards a lot of the working class folks who didn't vote the right way in the last election. So now they're going to get punished. The president of the United States is going to punish them. And that's the attitude these people have. Ah, that is sick. I- I'm glad you brought up the opioid problem. JD, ex- unpack this for me. We have fentanyl. We know it comes from China. We know they're shipping it into Mexico and Central America, and cartels are trafficking it across the border, where it is, as you pointed out, killing Americans by the dozen at this point in time. How are we so broken as a nation we can't go to the source of this China and say, stop or else? Well, because our leaders are weak. And if we went to the Chinese and said, stop or else, what they would say is, well, who's, who's going to make us? Is it uh, the general that worries about white rage instead of winning the war in Afghanistan? Is it the general, and this literally happened a couple of weeks ago, a general complaining about the fingernail policy of the U.S. military? You know, we used to be led by people like General George S. Patton. Uh, now we're led by people who complain about the fingernail policy. That's why the Chinese don't listen to us, because they think that we're a weak country and of course, we are led by weak people. Uh, and that's that. like, unless you fix that problem, you're not going to have any real soft power, any diplomatic power for this country, so long as we're led by complete idiots and weaklings. Amen. All right. Well, this one's near and dear to my heart, J.D. Uh, as I said, I was born in Ohio, Steubenville, Ohio, and grew up a Buckeye fan. I used to actually sadly cry in my bed after we lost to Michigan as a child. And now I look at Ohio State. They're paying 132 people for diversity and equity-related jobs at an average salary of 77000 a year. But not just to call out Ohio State. J.D., this is something that has infected the military is infected the corporate world. I mean, it's practically taken over the corporate world. Yep. Please tell me at some point sanity will return and realize equity is an evil word. Yeah, I mean, look, the the, the amount they're spending on those diversity staff uh, would, would equal about a tuition for about 1,100 kids. You know, think about all the working class kids across Ohio who'd like to go to college. Uh, but, but now these diversity people have, one, taken resources away from them and on the other hand, made it the sort of place where unless you mouth the equity stuff, right, unless you uh, disavow your whiteness and your white privilege, uh, you can't even have a good college education and a college experience there. So they've sort of ruined it on, on both sides of it. And I, I don't think that these people are going to respond to anything other than, than raw power. I think that we need to actually make it hurt for people to force this stuff down our throats. If you're a teacher who's teaching your children, your 11 year old children, uh, that they're evil or good based on the color of their skin, you should lose your job. Uh, there should not be 
1,100 tuition worth of people at Ohio State uh, forcing diversity and equity down the throats of Ohio State students. Uh, if you're a corporation and you force your, your, your employees to sit through a diversity seminar where you basically make them uh, feel that they're bad people based on the color of their skin, they should be able to face or, or put you through a hostile work environment suit. So we actually have to give people the tools to fight back against this stuff. It's one of the reasons that I'm running for Senate is, is because so many of our politicians have watched this country go to hell over the last generation, but they haven't given the people any ability to really fight back against this stuff. And I, and I hate to say these people are not going to respond to, to complaining uh, from people like me. They're going to they're going to respond to when it hurts them in the pocketbook when they force this diversity crap down the throats of American people. J.D., lastly, you have in the past criticized Donald Trump. Now, I don't I don't blame you for that. I hated Donald Trump's guts back in the primary. I was a Ted Cruz guy. I eventually came around on Donald Trump because I was impressed by him. Why didn't you like him then? Why do you like him now? You know, same thing. I mean, I, I definitely thought that uh, there, there were there were better people out there and a little bit of it is is that I, I think I was just wrong about the president. I think that I saw this guy as not especially serious. And, you know, watching him govern over the last four years, he did a great job. And importantly, you know, there are all these policies I could point to. I could point to the regulatory policy of the judges or these things that I really like. Certainly the, the trade war with China, I think, is a long overdue fight that we need to have in this country. But the thing I'll say about, about President Trump is he didn't hate the citizens of his own country. Right. There wasn't this, this like this ridiculous condescension and sense of superiority. Like, I don't like you because you don't uh, agree with me on every single issue. And I, I really like when I when I saw that in action, I realized how we had been governed pretty much my entire life uh, by people who judged the citizens of their own country, who didn't like them, who thought they were backwards or stupid. Uh, and it was really refreshing to have a president who actually liked his own people. Amen. Chitty. Wish you the best of luck, my man. Take care. Thanks, Jesse. See you, man. Good man right there. All right. Speaking of which, we got Charles Love joining us next. He's always dynamite. But first, tis the season for insurance shopping. I know it's not quite as exciting as shopping for that new gun, but probably more necessary. And if you're frustrated, I've been there. I know what it's like to shop for insurance. It sucks. Maybe try OneShare Health. It is a faith-based organization with huge options for you as an individual or you as a family. We're talking vision, dental, everything. 24-7 telehealth. And when you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly, you get 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. Oh, and did I mention... 5% of your monthly goes to our veterans struggling with PTSD. I told you this was a good company. It's worth looking into. My.OneShareHealth slash Kelly. Promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be back with Charles Love. Obviously, the White House wants schools to be open, but encouraging schools to open. Yeah. Many schools are fully open. But inside schools, there are often uh, you know, very strict rules. Uh, for example, sometimes students are required to eat outside or eat distant from each other, not talk to each other while they're eating. Does the White House want to see those rules lifted as well to get back to a more normal school experience? Well, schools are taking steps, especially since we've only recently approved uh, through the CDC and FDA vaccines for 5 to 11-year-olds. They're not approved for kids younger than that to keep their kids safe and keep students safe. 
I will tell you, I have a three-year-old who goes to school, sits outside for snacks and lunch, wears a mask inside, and it's no big deal to him. I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but these are steps that schools are taking to keep kids safe. And I think the vast majority of parents appreciate that. The approval numbers sure don't look like parents appreciate that. Joining me now, my friend Charles Love, of course, of The Great Charles Love Show and author of the book you should probably be buying right now. The book is called Race Crazy. Charles, honestly, I know this may sound a little bit over the top, but when I see videos of kids, I think there was one out of Portland last week, kids sitting outside in 40-degree weather, 20 feet away from other kids, eating lunch on buckets, I'm sorry, Charles, I compare that to Taliban. I, I do, that is national approved levels of child abuse. There's not another way to put that. What happened to us? Well, you know, I'm fortunate to have been appear on your show before, so people know that I'm usually pretty measured. So I can't say this is the norm, but that was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. I am pissed off, that is stupid. And the fact that she's gonna say, well, my kid does it, so you should suck it up. Can, I, I, I can't believe it. You know, the only silver lining to this, because I try to bring some positives, is, you know, I was talking to some parents, and you can't really sway the mandate morons. That's what I call them. You know, they, they'll be like, I'm against guns, but if we got to shoot these people that disagree with us, shoot them. They're, they're lost. <laughs> so, so you can't get past the mandate morons. But to the normal parents, you know, you have to move beyond just COVID to get them to understand. So I'm talking to a group of parents, and I say, you know, the bigger problem with this is, but they're first graders. You know, I have a first grader. You know, and I'm like, when my kids started school in kindergarten, so this is a year, almost two school years, and he has nothing to compare to. You can go to your fifth grader and say, you know, you know, ask the pertinent questions. What was it like two years ago? How's it changed? This is all they know. So they think it's the norm, and we have never stepped foot inside the school. For all I know, they're chaining my kid to a desk. Or maybe there are no desks. And to sit outside, and you know they're wearing masks. Forget about talking. They're, they're wearing masks while they sit outside in 40 degree weather because they're following the science. This is complete madness. And it needs to stop. And it won't stop until those parents who understand it's bad, not the mandate morons, but speak up. Because they're like, they, they agree. They'll whisper to you that it's bad. But then they're like, oh, well, that's what they say. No, it's, that's not okay. It's terrible. Charles, people talk all the time about the divide here and the divide there, and there's a divide between this class or this people or this religion, whatever the case may be. But I, I, I sit back because I don't generally get involved in that that much, and I see a very clear divide in this country between rural Americans and Americans who live in these big cities or just the immediate area surrounding these big cities, the difference between how they've lived their lives and how what they believe for the past couple years versus how I have out in Texas, suburbia, is drastic, Charles. We occupy two totally different worlds with two totally different value systems, and that is not healthy. No, I've been saying this from the beginning. One of the biggest fallacies, wherever you fall on COVID, was remember the refrain we have, we're all in this together. From the beginning, I'm like, what do you mean we're all in this together? You know, I talked to my family in Northwest Indiana, and my brother would be like, what do you mean shutdowns? I don't understand what you're talking about. No, we closed for like two days. No, we closed <laughs> two days. But no, restaurants are open. He's like, right now, I'm on the phone with my brother. He's like, right now, this was, you know, March, April of 2020. He's like, there's guys out here playing skins versus shirts five on five basketball. While in New York, they put chains on the parks. So we weren't in this <laughs> together, you know? So, you know, it's not even just rural. It's based on your beliefs on freedom. It, it, it truly is. I mean, if you think that liberty is important and a, an integral part of this country, you try to do as much as you can to contain COVID and protect people without locking people in the house. 
The mandate morons just said we should wear three masks, take vaccination, and then never leave the house. That's your divide. I'll never, I'll never forget it. I'm glad you brought that up about the basketball courts because I'll never forget the pictures from across the country. We have a virus that attacks fat people, so we should be having people working out more. And they actually not only changed some of the courts, they removed the hoops. They went up and unbolted the hoops, and the ones they couldn't bolt, unbolt, they were covering them up with boards and chaining the boards. I'll, I'll never forget it. All right, Charles, New York right now. They're using federal coronavirus funds, coronavirus relief funds, to advance critical race theory. Now... It's not, a, it's not a mystery why the left loves critical race theory. It's wonderful for them. But it is now poisonous. It's certainly poisonous at the, uh, at the elections because people showed in Virginia and New Jersey and places like that, they do not want this. I was anticipating a rebranding coming of this to focus on something else. Was I wrong? Well, technically it is a rebranding because they don't put CRT on anything. They'll be like, what do you mean? I don't know what that is, but they do. I meant to send you this email when we talked about it. I got to send it to you because a lot of people challenged us with saying, well, you're just making this up. This is not happening. I said, forget about the label. Here's proof. So, of course, they're going to use the dollars to divert COVID dollars because they don't need to do it. It's draconian in New York. Everything's shut down. Everybody's duct taped in their straitjackets, so they don't need the COVID money. You're sitting outside, 40-degree weather with a mask on, don't need it. So we got to use it for something. But I got an email from the school. And because it's from the school, you can't say it's not them. And they're bragging about it. They call this thing mosaic curriculum. See, no CRT, Jesse, shut your mouth. But what it says is we're excited that starting the fall of 2023, we're going to start teaching culturally relevant English and math. Specifically, not all pedagogy, but <laughs> English and math. So math will be taught, you know, with a cultural spin. Yeah, so that's where that money is going. Well, they didn't need it, so of course that's where it's going. Charles, I now, you may not have the answer to this question, but what exactly is math with a cultural spin on it? I always took it as just being numbers. Oh, no, you took it wrong. See, what happens, it is mostly numbers. That's true. But what it is, is if, if we find that there's any disparate impact, so we find that whites are doing better, we must, we want the blacks to be successful too. Come on, we're benevolent people. But blacks aren't really that good at math on their own, but they're not dumb people. They just can't learn the way the great whites can do it, right? Because this is all centered around whites. Right? So we want the blacks to succeed. Don't you want blacks to succeed, Jesse? I know I do. So <laughs> if we want them to succeed, we have to teach them the way they understand. Maybe somebody beatboxing in the background, you know, maybe somebody, you know, you know, saying it in a different language so they'd understand, beating on drums or whatever the black people would understand. But they're bragging about it. They're excited. Well, hopefully, you know, now that the, the woman who put this madness in place is gone, you know, we have a new uh, chancellor for the schools and he's talking a little more normal. I mean, first thing out, he's like, I don't care how many uh uh, charter schools we got to open as long as we can get better uh, opportunities and better skills that's what matters so that's a good direction but Misha uh, Porter or whatever her name was a complete moron probably you know one of the mandate morons finally Charles uh, the police cities like Minneapolis are finally refunding the police back to the same levels they were so okay that's not exactly news it's not exactly shocking to anyone with a brain you attacked the police, you defunded the police. Now people are getting murdered in droves in these cities and they're reestablishing that funding. Okay, we got all that. But Charles, back to the beginning of all this. How did we ever get to a place where it was acceptable, accepted by anyone that the cops were the problem and, the, and that we should just defund them and that would solve anything? This was the most easily predictable outcome in the world. And yet it seemed like half the country last year, Charles, just went, well, race crazy, like your book says. Well, I write about that in the book. One, too many people who knew it was wrong said nothing. 
So if you're silent, then they'll squeak. I admit that most Democrats and most liberals don't think like the far left. I say it all the time. Stop thinking I'm lumping you in. But if you're quiet and you let them take the microphone, speak for you and represent themselves as progressives, then everyone who's not a progressive is going to think they, they speak for you. But the other piece is that from the start, BLM had been saying they wanted to abolish. Nobody paid attention to them. Right. And like you said, it was predictable it would happen. But that those people who said nothing and then the rest of the people sat in their cushy spaces in their neighborhoods with their private security and said, it's not going to affect me. But they're wrong, though. If it goes too far, it will affect them. But that's the thing. They, or, or they, they just think so small. They think we want to help certain people. So you take the police out and then you do nothing to replace it. And then, you know, violence ensues. And lastly, the problem is that they think that blacks have to live differently in a sense, which is a crazy thing. But they don't understand criminality. They don't want it on the board. So when we talk about maybe there's some changes that are needed in, in the policing or in the criminal justice system, but then you say, can we add criminality to the board of the problems? Nope. You can't put criminality on at all. Don't talk about murders. Don't talk about violence. Nothing. You just fix what we want to fix and you don't do anything about the alternatives and everything else that's happening. This is what you get. Well. Charles Love of the Charles Love Show. His book is Race Crazy. Thank you again, my brother. Appreciate you. Always a pleasure. Thanks. We have a pretty moving light in the mood. George Soros. You heard the name? I know you've heard the name George Soros. You probably loathe the human being as I do. We have a special coming on George Soros. It's going to be available on Friday. The only way you're going to be able to watch it, though, is when you go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up. You want to watch the Soros special? That's how you do it. Thefirsttv.com slash support. We'll be back. Obviously, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, about these terrible tornadoes in Kentucky and so on. And... Every now and then, for Light in the Mood, we get a video that just is pretty inspiring. This is a video of a man who lost his home in that tornado. And I don't know about you, I like my home. My stuff's in there, my memories are in there. And showing up at your house and having it be basically gone would be tough to deal with for anyone. Anyone. This man, though, chose to sit down at the piano and somehow make it wonderful. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. 
Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.